have I got a short story for you. Microaggressions from administration takes this mom to a very dark, desperate place. Thank God the phone rang. But first, a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. And why, our listeners, why, you may be asking yourselves, why is AndrePsyche.com our favorite website? Because each and every single item has a story behind it. We are talking about music, art, podcasts, prints, clothing, accessories, poems, literature. But that's not all. Andre is more than creative enough to customize and personalize any medium that you would like. Just message him. Give him some details or the deets, as some hipster once told me the kids say. And he will make your vision and thoughts tangible. Take a little trip to the website you didn't know existed, but your mind, body, and soul has been nudging your subconscious to realize. Nothing is made. Everything is created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You Pod. Please, do me a favor. Take a moment right now. Push the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, whatever application you opened this podcast on. You are giving us a subscription number, and those numbers matter in our quest for sponsorship. That support by you, our loyal listener, is much appreciated. Also, while you're at it, if you don't mind, just friend or follow the podcast on whatever social media platform you're into. We're talking about Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And finally, yes, the Getting to Know You pod is looking for sponsors. If you or someone you know has a business or brand, much like Andre, and you are looking to expand your market, this podcast, The Getting to Know You Pod, which is downloaded in over 22 countries and almost 40 states in America, would love to partner with you. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable, so if you're looking to increase traffic to your website or the amount of purchases of your product, consider partnering with The Getting to Know You Pod. And now, getting to know just a little part of you. Hello. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you. Putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. And come to think of it, you know, one of the pioneers of um, positive psychology, you know, Martin Seligman, back in the 70s, he did research around learned helplessness. And, he, you know, he, he, he did this, this experiment with dogs, you know, this unfortunate thing with dogs. You know, he was electrocuting dogs. And he, he would electrocute dogs, you know, he put wait, them in a wait, cage. Wait, you're, you're not allowed to do that anymore? <laughs> no, with the animal rights movement, you're not you're not allowed to do that anymore. But those experiments that that he did um, in the seventies, you know, he would be electrocuting dogs in a cage, and no matter what the dog did, they couldn't actually get out. So the dog eventually learned that there's nothing that they can do. They they will get shocked anyway. There's no point to fight. There's no point to to do anything because regardless of what you do, you'll be electrocuted. So when when he opened the gate 
and the dogs can actually leave the cage if they want to, the dogs didn't do anything because they learned that, yeah, no matter what I do, I'm just going to be, you know, I'm just going to be in this position anyway, even if there is a clear way out. So there are people in circumstances where they've been in these difficult situations yeah. for such a long time that no matter what they did, um, you know, it didn't really get them anywhere. So eventually, you just learn to accept your faith. You learn to be helpless. And for me to to experience, um, you know, being devalued and, and to, to lose my sense of self-worth, you know, when people ask me, why didn't you complain? Why didn't you fight? Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you do anything? That's exactly that because I just didn't feel that I had the power. And to, frankly, I just didn't even notice that I was being mistreated. So, yeah, so... Yeah. Now I, I have a, a different perspective, you know, when it comes to, to injustice, when it comes to people being abused and people who feel powerless, when you tell them, why don't you do anything about it? It's clear you, you, you need to get a job. Yeah. You need to, you know, to file this complaint and so on. Well, actually, for some people, when you learn to, to become helpless, you know, this is um, unfortunately what happens sometimes. Yeah. And I think it um, highlights the importance of being a champion for people, for helping for helping those to stand up, for helping that to stand up to injustices that you are not experiencing because the people who are experiencing can't always do that. And, Absolutely. And that's why you have to get together. And that's why I'm actually grateful. I did have um, two champions um, at the time when, when I was experiencing my mental breakdown. Um, they didn't notice it at first because I, I think I'm quite good with masking it. You know, I always have this persona that I'm just fine. I, I, I'm doing well. I put on a smile on my face. So no one actually had a clue you know, what was going on inside my head. Um, I, I, I was in a podcast a couple of days ago and, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Robin Williams. You know, how could someone oh, who's yeah. so happy and so, you know, you, you wouldn't think that he, he would commit suicide. And for me, I, I was in that position where if I actually ended up doing what I intended to do, people would just, wouldn't have a clue. It would just happen one day without even realizing, without even... um noticing what happened or it's like what's going on what happened right. you know How because close... i i would always put on a, a brave face you know i would present myself with a smile and and you wouldn't have a clue that there's something quite dark going on inside my head how close did you come to hurting yourself <sighs> i was a minute away um i actually went to the spot um where i was gonna do it um yeah, I, I the the only thing that stopped me is that my phone rang and it was my husband looking for me. Wow. But I was I was there. I was um yeah, I was I'm not going to go into detail because okay. I don't want to give people ideas. Gotcha. <laughs> I don't want to give people ideas because the, yeah, the the way that I was planning to do it, it was if the first act doesn't do it the second act will because oh it's a God, you had it's thought a two it out. step thing if the first one wouldn't do it the second one surely will but Jesus. um yeah I, I actually was in that spot i was a minute away from doing it until my phone rang and my husband was looking for me and asking me where i was and and he was saying that um, my son was looking for me i to have a to have thought out a two-step process, I mean, to, no, I, with a son, like talk about being in a dark place. Oh my god! 
Yes. Um, yeah. I have to say that when when I look back and when I reflect about it, a couple of months ago, I would cry and I would, you know, I, I would say I couldn't believe that I would even think of doing that. But now that I look at it from this perspective that that's in my past, I, it's almost like I see it like a movie. Right, I bet. I almost feel like I'm detached, that this is something that happened to someone. Um, and it is unfortunate. Well, fortunately, it didn't. Um, it didn't happen. It was very close. Um, but that was actually my turning point. You know, for me, it was. Um, I'm someone who, if I I set myself out to do something, um, I'm gonna make sure that it's actually gonna happen and it's gonna be successful. <laughs> so for me, as far as suicide goes, I actually only need to do it once. <laughs> and, you know, there, there's no. So I, I I I think that I'm I'm quite fortunate. You know, I think that I'm still. You know, I, I, I'm a Christian as well, which is surprising, you know, thinking that I have these thoughts and, you know, how could you say that you're a Christian? But, you know, it happens. Oh, it no. happens. But, you know, for me, I, I I feel that I'm still being guided, that I, you know, that, that God is still watching over me. And to to have that call, you know, I, I'm there at that spot. You know, all I have to do is climb what I was planning to climb on right. <laughs> and do it. But yeah, the, the phone rang and, and that actually stopped me from, from doing it. And it's making me realize that if I lose my life, my, my job, you know, the, the, my job wouldn't even care. Well, okay. They, they might feel guilty. Who knows, but I will be replaced. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I can easily be replaced as I left the job. I was replaced easily but if i lose my life no one is going to replace my role as a mother right. you know there you know my son will only have one mom and for him to find out that his mother lost her life through that you know he he will be traumatized and he's the one who who will suffer the most he's the most innocent one and yet he's going to suffer the most and mm. i don't think that that's fair so you know that's actually what stopped me and that's what encouraged me to do to to get better and and to start my my healing that's when i started to reach out to people and and ask for help because i've i've always been sort of independent i've been self-reliant you know assuming that i can do everything on my own but at this time you know i was in it too deep i i couldn't um really yeah. handle you know i lost my mind so it was the point when I started reaching out for help when I started getting better. And it was my advocates um, in the workplace that, that helped me to, to get better, you know, to, to actually champion me and, and speak out for me. And yeah, and, and eventually also empowered me to, to have the courage to, to take, uh, take back control of my life and, and move forward because, um, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's what I can do next. Did you just cry as soon as you walked through the door at your house? Like, no, like I felt what? numb. <laughs> Are you? It, it, it cry. Yeah, I I didn't actually cry. I just I just felt absolutely numb, and my husband saw that my boots were filthy, and he was asking, "Like, where were you? It's like, what happened to you? What, what, what's going on? It's like he's absolutely crazy. Like, what, what happened?" He said, "Nah, I can't talk about it. Can I just go to sleep, please?" See, you no, know, I was just absolutely wow. numb. Um, wow. but I've, uh, up to this day, he still doesn't know. So I'm actually not going to make him listen to this podcast oh. because up to this day, he doesn't know where I went. He doesn't know what I was planning to do at that time. 
um, he knows that I had suicidal tendencies, but he didn't know that I was actually that close. And his call was the call that that actually saved my life. Why don't you want him? Why don't you want him to know how close you were? I didn't want him to feel um, to worry. I uh... I don't know. Maybe it's also because I didn't um, I didn't want him to see me weak. Again, this is um, this is my limitation. Still, I'm still trying to get over it. That I don't really want to appear vulnerable. Um, gotcha. You know. To, to the people who are closest to me. So, for example, mm. my parents, um, I wouldn't want them to to hear this podcast because I don't want them to to worry that I that I that they experienced that and I was actually that close. You know, they were close to losing a daughter, or to my sister. I don't want her to to listen and hear that she was close to losing her sister. You know what I mean? So. I didn't want them to worry. I know that there will come a time when they might um, they might hear about these stories, but at this point, I'm still not ready. Um, I can be vulnerable um, with strangers. I can be vulnerable <laughs> with, um, imagine this, you know, on social media, on podcasts and so on. But um, right. when it comes to, you know, close family members, you know, I still feel um, quite reluctant to, to show my vulnerability. I know that I, this is something that I will have to overcome, um, you know, to, to be able to show my, my vulnerabilities as well, not to appear strong all the time. I suppose there's a part of my identity again, as I've said, you know, I've always been uh, self-reliant, you know, I, I've been a, a high achiever as well, you know, at the start of my, at the start of my career, you know, they, they looked up to me as someone who can do amazing things mm. and for them to see me in a, in a vulnerable light, you know, that's something that I still need to learn and, and come to terms with because yeah, after all, I'm still human. Yeah, man, that's, and I just think it's, it's for someone to be like you had said, an achiever and it from the outside, I'm appear to have a better than okay life, right? Mm -hmm. To, to be in a spot like that is it can really help people who listen to get perspective on other people and what they're going through. Like you just never know. You never know. You never know. And, and for me, if, if I actually ended my life, yeah, people are going to question, but she's, she's been having a great life. Right. You know, she just had a baby. She has a husband. She has a home. She's secure financially. She's successful in her career, you know, yeah. with all the, you know, the the achievements that I've achieved in, in my career. You wouldn't think that there's anything going wrong. And, and you might question, it's like, what happened? You know, what made her do that? And people wouldn't have a clue. And you will hear about all these other successful people, you know, these so-called happy people who, who take their lives you actually don't know what's going on inside their heads. Um, mm. So if if you know someone who's, you know, if you have that inkling that they need someone to talk to, right. you know, reach out because you, you might just be that person um, who can actually turn things around for them, even if, you know, they're just putting on a mask. So, you know, people wouldn't, wouldn't actually see that they're, they're actually hurting inside. Yeah. And that's something, um, it's funny because again, I shouldn't say it's funny. I don't mean it like that. I guess when I'm thinking, mm -hmm. I just say stupid words, but it, it's, there's something that this doing a podcast like this, where you sit down with someone and listen to them for a couple hours that I don't know how regular that is for people. 
without distraction. Like I'm not on my phone. I'm, I'm not like double surfing the web. I'm not multitasking, cooking dinner, dealing with laundry. Like I'm not, I'm not, it, I'm just talking to you and I'm hearing mm-hmm. you and I'm focused on you. And without that, people can feel very alone and very isolated and then they can't feel heard because yeah. nobody's listening. And that's part of what I just really enjoy about getting to know people and doing this pod is getting that reminder of, man, I got, you got to make sure you take time in your life to just talk and listen to people, to be there with people. Cause it matters. It keeps people out of dark places. Yeah. And, and I actually appreciate you um, doing this. And, and when you said you actually have your podcast for two to three hours, I'm thinking, what do you talk about? Now well, I can see. We're already you know, you're an hour in. Engage. Yeah. You, yeah, you actually I mean, it's... engage with people and you listen and you talk and you actually delve into people's stories and, you know, uh, not just a superficial thing, but you actually really go in depth. So I think for someone who's listening, um, you know, to, to your podcast, it's it's quite interesting to to have all these insights from, you know, all the conversations that you're having, you know, just listening to all the all their perspectives, their stories, you know, it, it can be quite enriching to to actually hear someone else's um story. And, you know, it's it's really yeah. focused and it's actually quite intense. No, yeah, it, it, it can be for sure. Um, and uh, Lord help me if I do one late at night with the time zone and I like I finish at 12. I'm like wired. I'm, I'm up for hours, man. Um, and I'm, I'm not even having to like talk and share my stories, you know? <laughs> so I can't imagine when people hang up, they're like, oh my God, I've had people call back and be like, um, I, 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 can, can I add a little bit? And you're like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I don't know if it's a pivot pivot, but I'm kind of interested too that with the um, discrimination you were feeling, it was predominantly based on the race of being Filipino from your perspective, not so much the gender of being a female? Uh, there are so many intersectionalities going on here. Um, here's the thing. You know, when I tried to analyze this, I couldn't really pinpoint what exactly um, the, the, where, where the discrimination. It, it might be all, but let, let me just put all the factors in. So right. first of all, I'm a migrant. Um, I'm a Filipino migrant, so I'm a person of color here in the UK. I'm a woman, and I have a child. So oh, there, there are several layers there. I did not there. even consider that. And that again, that, that might go to my toxic masculinity. That's mm. right, the discrimination of having a child and being like, oh, she's caring more about her kid. She's not working as hard. She's not putting in the hours. That's it. That's wow. it. So, you Didn't know, you're, you're, you're making assumptions that just because I had a child, it doesn't mean that I couldn't take on this, um, this responsibility, for example, if I've been doing something right. for, for six years straight, you know, leading projects on this particular area. And, you know, this, this new responsibility comes up and I'm the perfect person to actually, you know, to move forward and lead the team. And you give it to someone else who hasn't got a clue just because, just because she's there, <laughs> man. That's, you know, that's actually not on. Man, so and I, like in a professional setting for that kind of leadership, and it, I, I don't know. I mean, I have a child; she's ten, but like, I don't think I've lost out on any jobs because they're like, well, what if Sean has to go get his kid when she's sick at school and he has to mm-hmm. stay home with her, right? And like, that's a funny discrimination. There I go again with the word funny because it's not funny. Yeah, but, yeah. but that that's a discrimination where like, I remember there was a campaign, at least here in the States about like embracing women who are breastfeeding. 
and not mm-hmm. making them feel awkward about it, right? Like, don't, dude, don't freaking stare and don't shame, right? Like, don't, 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 don't be stupid. But, and like, I remember working at um, a bar and the lady was, her husband was getting a drink and it's more like a lounge, but like, she just whips this thing out, right? Whips it out, no blanket, puts the baby on the baby suckling. And like, the whole bar came to a stop and everyone was like, oh, and the poor woman then realized like, I guess this isn't accepted. Right. But Mm. I didn't take it to the place of the microaggressions and limitations of a professional career that you might not even realize, but in your head, you're feeling like, could it be? And now you're feeling guilty about being a mom. I was actually questioning that and I couldn't really pinpoint exactly what it was. And when I raised it, you know, just before I went into my depression, I was still in sort of a fighting mode. (laughs) You know, there was still some fight in me. Um, because I, I wasn't really being um, tripped over at that point yet, but you know, it it was the beginning, and I did raise that. It's like, what, what, what do you, yeah. what do you mean? It's not mine, you know. I okay, I I'm back, you know. I'm back from maternity. I I don't know if if you watched, you know, The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, they they've had episodes where Bernadette um was worried that uh, Ruchi, you know, one of her um colleagues was going to take her project while she's on maternity leave and you know that's sort of what happened to me you know i went on maternity leave i i i actually did um grow a project over a span of six years and it was and when it was time for me to come back and run it it was given to someone else and you know when when it was given to someone else i actually did questions like what what dude that would be like losing a child with especially in like in, in and, the manner and, that you're doing and, and, stuff. And what what was what what they said to me was like, oh, I thought that you didn't want it. And I've now become an expert on the subject I like most. Thanks to Emmy for being so willing to share about how mentally vulnerable she was, how fucking serious of a situation that was, and for emphasizing the importance of having a champion in your life. Listen to more of her story and the th- and her zany theories on behavior. They're not zany. I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. They were just uh, pretty new to me, to be honest with you, as far as like the depth she went. <laughs> um, all that and more on her full podcast, which will drop tomorrow. Don't forget to go to andrepsyche.com for unique, thoughtful merch that always will have a story behind it that you will not find in any store anywhere. And finally... If you or someone you know would be interested in listening to this podcast, share the page, send a message. If you or anyone you know has social media like Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, encourage them to friend and follow the Getting to Know You pod. And finally, if you or anyone you know has a business and would like to partner with the Getting to Know You pod to expand your reach globally, just message us through any of our aforementioned social media platforms. We would love to partner with you. Bye.